Welcome to Do It With Dan, entrepreneurial philanthropist, public speaker and author, creator of the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Here is your host, Daniel Mangana. Hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm here with my illustrious guest today, Emily. Emily is a complete stranger who I was introduced to by <laughs> a guy who kind of was a stranger, but he isn't because we've got mutual friend and we had a conversation at a podcast and it was fabulous. And he's like, hey, I like you. I want to introduce you to more people. And Emily was one of those people. So hello and welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> so why don't you tell me and everyone else who doesn't know who you are, who you are, what you're about and what you do in the world. Sure. So, um, what I'm about, what my mission is to, to do here. Uh, so I live by the mantra, be the change you wish to see in the world. Nice. Um, I'm based in the U.S. I mm-hmm. have traveled really extensively for a few different years, not during this year, obviously, with everything. Yeah, it's been one of those non-travel years. Yeah. <laughs> but also I found a lot of value in that. Um, yeah. So I've traveled a lot, seen a lot of the world, and that's something that I'm really passionate about. And a piece of that through the work that I do is sharing that. So what I do for my professional job or career is run a set of consulting firms. All mm-hmm. that we do really, it all boils down to connecting the business heart or the, sorry, the business brain to the servant's heart. Mm. So we work with nonprofits, we work with NGOs, we work with private organizations, we work with small startups, all along a bunch of different industries, all connecting that business brain to that servant's heart. Everything that we do is social impact. Um, everything that we do is really to change the game, helping to be able to make quicker synapses happen, to make more effective businesses practice happen for organizations that really need help. So that is how I am professionally living out my mission. I also just became an author of a series of children's books that, again, has that same mission. Um, It's been through the collective experiences that I've had throughout my own life that have led me to really lean into this mantra as an extension of my own life's purpose, mission, all the actions that I do daily really align with that in the best ways that I know how at this point, which is constantly evolving, I feel like. but yeah, I, that's a really short synopsis of a really, a really, really yeah. kick-ass life, really kick-ass yeah. machine, really kick-ass person. Okay. No, we I've decided we're going to be best friends now. I need this magic in my life. Okay. Love so it. we're going to, we're going to roll back and unpack this because it's bloody fabulous. Thank so you. you basically support change makers in being change makers. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what we aim to do. I mean, Mm -hmm. everybody needs support. It can always have so much benefit to have an extra set of eyes on the projects that you're bringing to fruition or the companies that you're looking to start or even the funding models that you're using, trying to Mm -hmm. actively engage with the world in the way that you want to. Mm. That's what we're here to do. Okay. So very few people I've ever met ever in life in any dimension, universal timeline have woken up being this badass. So I need to know more of the story. I need to know (laughs) all of the juiciness, all of the yummy deliciousness. Share, share, share. I am your humble new bestie. I'm so glad to be here. Um, You you prompt me. I mean, let me know. What can I ask? What do you want to know? I'm a fairly open book. I mean, there are a lot of things that I do keep very private, but I'm willing to to go there. You know, let's. Okay. I I won't be asking you how old you were when you first punched someone in the nose. That'll be your secret. I I do, however, want to know at what point you made the transition because this doesn't feel like something that you 
you went to college for. It feels like something you were called to. That I feel there was like a a changing paths story somewhere, like a crossroads story. Why don't we start there? That sounds like it's going to be really, really yummy. Yeah. So um, jumping into my formal education, let's rewind and go there. So jumped mm-hmm. in. I went to a public university. It was Big Ten. Um, mm-hmm. And it's had a tremendous experience. Got involved in a bunch of different things. Studied communication and design mm-hmm. while also pursuing art and design. So very nice. much creative creative space to be in, which is something that I've always loved to do. But I realized that I wanted to have some kind of entrepreneurial. I'd always had an entrepreneurial spirit, but I didn't mm-hmm. really call it. Mm-hmm. I was just always in the business of creating things. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that ended up being financially prosperous endeavors. <laughs> nice. Just kind of felt like chance at the time. But what I really realized, and I think we've all seen this, is looking backward, all the dots connect. Mm. So this has absolutely, the reason that I can say this is my life's mission and this is how I'm living it out is because I've taken the time to really look backward while still continuing to move forward. So um, going to uni, did that, had a great experience, ended up working in corporate philanthropy after that, doing fundraising, event planning, a lot of the development and advancement process, learning much more about that because I realized that that was one direct way that I could have an impact in the world that also felt good for me. Mm-hmm. So it was not only helping the world feel better, it was also helping me feel better as I figured out what kind of what kind of adult do I want to be in this world? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, I feel like you have this amazing experience or maybe not amazing experience at college and then you're just plopped into the real world and yeah. a lot of people yeah. don't know what to do. Or they like, Get on with being an adult now, go on. Yeah, we've we've locked like, you up for three years in this little yeah. institution. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So we jumped, jumped into that and um, yeah, either I feel like people either jump into kind of creating their own path or mm-hmm. a lot of times it's easier to model what other people are doing. So they start following this formula for life than a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, especially where I grew up, it was very much um, go to college, get married, have a couple kids, buy a house, all in this just sequential order. Mm. And I had never really, that had never really sat with me, mm. at least in that order at, on the timeline that a lot of other people were. Then I had always felt a little bit different, um, but mm. I didn't really know what that meant. So that was just always kind of churning in the back of my mind. So after I got involved in corporate philanthropy, had a great experience, ended up getting a master's in business with a specialization in philanthropy because I realized uh, it would definitely help to have some kind of business business foundation that I'm pulling from rather than just the piecemeal entrepreneurial experiences that I had had. I mean, at 22, I had started a company that lasted for about six years. We ended up transitioning it and dissolving it into something else mm-hmm. um, just a few years ago. But I had had a great experience with that, but wanted to be able to pull from something. Mm-hmm. So ended up getting that master's, again, had a great experience, but also at the same time realized that I was following someone else's formula. Mm-hmm. And that that feeling and the recognition of that started to just churn. It, mm-hmm. And it started to turn faster and it started to turn harder and it got to the point where I could no longer push it to the side anymore. Mm-hmm. So at the time I was finishing up this degree, I was also figuring out, okay, if I'm going to jump into something different, this is the time to do it. I mean, this is- <laughs> and as yeah. much as I, yeah, this, I was like, well, this is it. This moment is perfect. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> it was like, okay, meet the moment, meet the moment, meet the moment, like get there, get there. <laughs> I didn't know if I could. And I have, frankly, I've always had this kind of push to just, just like test and see what's possible. I mean, at one point I ran a marathon without training. You, you so, did what, sorry? 
ran a marathon without training. So throughout you, you, my life. Wait, 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 wait. We need, we need to pause on that one because more, more, more juicy beans are coming out of this. Yeah. You just did a 26, was it 26 kilometers, 26 miles, 26 something? Yeah, 26.2 miles. So you just say, so I'm going to just go and run 26.2 miles just for craps and giggles. You know, well, it was kind of that, but it was also kind of like, I just want to see what I can get away with. I just want to see if I can do this. I want to see, basically what I was testing <laughs> myself was, and I've always been like this. Mm-hmm. I want to see if my mental strength has anything to do with my physical capacity. And then I was like, let's just see if my mental strength, grit, and tenacity can outweigh any kind of physical. And and this is all under this under the blanket that like I am very physically healthy, and mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for that. So I certainly mm-hmm. wouldn't let anybody else do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, so, but so I, mom, don't do this, mom. All right, yeah. go for it. <laughs> <laughs> or we can train together. We can totally yeah. train together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've always just had this just pull to kind of let's just see what we can get away with. Let's just see what we can do. Like somebody mm. else, okay, great. That's amazing. It's not competition. It's an example of what's possible. So let's mm. see if we can do one step further. Like let's mm. see what kind of effective change we can make in fuel. So um yeah, and it was that that itself was an amazing experience. Also around the same time that I was just all of these kind of rocks were just tumbling around. I was trying to figure out what what was next. So I was pushing limits and pushing boundaries and just seeing. Mm-hmm. And it was every mile after 13, I teared. I would I would just start tearing because I knew that that was one mile, one consecutive mile further than I had ever run in my entire life. Wow. And my hypothesis was true. Mental strength was more important in that moment than the mm-hmm. physical strength. And never matter. Yeah, exactly. And that mm. was something that was a really direct example of one way in my own life that I've proven it. But um, there, I mean, there have been a series of those that I've really leaned into and reflected on. So as I was figuring out, let's jump back into this journey story. Um, mm-hmm. As I was figuring out what was next, I had a few friends who were in consulting and with my own business development experience and also this new degree. It's kind of like, well, Let's just keep that shot. And if nothing else, I can always go back to what I was doing. That mm-hmm. formula will always apply at the at the time. Um, so yeah, I jumped in. I bought a one way plane ticket to Hong Kong. I started traveling around the world by myself. I was shadowing a few different consultants who were who've been in the industry with a lot of the big firms for ages, mm-hmm. and they taught me a lot of different things about the industry and also about best practices and really gave me more of a more of an eagle view and a really zoomed out view of what this could look like and i realized at that point that i i didn't think i was crazy anymore at some points as i was questioning all these things i was like mm. why aren't you satisfied you know mm. like like why what is it about this life that is so beautiful and you have so many things around you that are and it's not even about the material goods. It's it was at that point it was about the experiences that I was being given and shown. It was it was just unsettling to me. I was like, is there something wrong with me that I'm not satisfied? Is there something mm. wrong with me that I'm not content? And it wasn't true. It just wasn't my path. Mm-hmm. I wasn't living the truest expression of what my life's purpose is. Mm-hmm. And now I know what the contrast feels like. I know the difference. So mm-hmm. fast forward, that was about two years ago. I mm-hmm. had a tremendous opportunity to travel a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Did almost all of it completely by myself, which I would highly recommend in 
times where we are able to travel that. Yeah, <laughs> when travel is allowed, <laughs> try it by yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because the amount of, just the amount of reflection and self-appreciation and um, zooming out on your own life story and the habits and patterns that have taken you over the course of your life that have kind of narrated that path is the most helpful thing that I have ever experienced and done and to see the beauty of the world and the diversity of everything that's involved in it and how it all connects and works. And really part of my goal with that experience was to figure out, okay, if I'm going to be the change I wish to see in the world, that implies two things that I understand what change needs to be had. (laughs) And that I also understand the world. Neither of which I felt like I understood. And still, it's going to be a lot lifelong journey to be yeah. able to understand and learn. But I feel like I have so much better of an understanding than I did. But, but even the phrase, be the change you seek to see in the world. Mm-hmm. There's change happening as you're going on that journey. Mm-hmm. So you're actually embodying it. It's almost like the symbiotic relationship between being and learning to be that creates this expansive flow that leads into more and more of the same. So Exactly. That's cool. What's one of the coolest places that you saw or one of the coolest things that you saw in your adventures? I don't, you know, it's really hard to nail down to one thing. It's really it, because every place I found to be so beautiful and so different and also so similar. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like this crazy point. Same, same, yeah. but different. Did you do exactly. Asia? Yeah, same, same, but different. Same, same, yeah. but different, but same, same. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually got, um, I've got a picture of me looking, I think we were in, I think it was Kosa Mui. We had a villa up in the hills and there's me like looking out my same, same, but different shirt on. It's like, yeah, this yeah. is, this is basically an Asia trip in one picture. So. Exactly. No, it was amazing. Um, I found Egypt to be really, really, really interesting. Um, and yes, and and two, I understand that myself traveling around as a white woman is a very different experience than someone who looks or speaks differently, who speaks mm-hmm. English, mm-hmm. looks or speaks or anything, is perceived to be any different than I would have been, would have had a very different experience too. So mm. it's just, it's interesting to lean into a little bit and to just explore the experience that I had based on the privilege that I have and mm. even the fact that I got to do this in the first place. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Cause I know there's some people um, that would love to go on an adventure, but haven't even been outside of their state. If we're talking about the U S mm-hmm. um, many people have never left their hometown. Um, what's one of the reasons you think that people kind of fall into that trap of not actually leaving what they know? I think a lot of people are especially in times like this, I think mm-hmm. there's seeking comfort. And I think a lot of people think that there is, and, and really feel and believe that there is a comfort in familiarity. Mm. So rather than pushing yourself to be or do different or to seek otherwise, it's easier to just take what's right in front of you, which mm-hmm. typically looks like you and sounds mm-hmm. like you and is mm-hmm. quote unquote home and is more of a bubble than it is a collection of other people's truths and realities. Mm-hmm. Because it's easier to it's easier to feel comfortable and be comfortable yeah. unless you're in the habit of consistently shifting yourself out of that and have that as the fuel that's driving. Mm. But it is easy to just stay the same. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think so. Yeah. I think so. But it's but also to a certain point, it's unnatural because something I've really been learning, especially this year, is that one of the most natural things that happens, even in nature, is change. 
Yeah, I'd agree. It's one of my favorite, one of my favorite perspectives on, on growth and change and expansion is it's the net, it's the universe's natural way of being. Um, and contraction is when you stop growing is when you die, right? When a business stops increasing its growth, it's on its downturn. Um, human physical death is because the telomeres literally stop reproducing. And so everything starts to break down and, and end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think sometimes we can perceive it to be more comfortable or easier or less of a challenge or I don't know. It, it depends what you're driven by. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it again, it was for me, a lot of the shifting point and a lot of the, a lot of the beliefs that I now hold to be very, very true are from that period of shifting. And I saw this quote, I don't remember where it was, but it was something along the lines of how beautiful autumn is as a reminder that how of how amazing change can be and how beautiful it can be mm-hmm. and I've where where yeah where i am it's incredibly deciduous so we are now experiencing the beginning of autumn and it is tremendously gorgeous mm. it also doesn't it doesn't um doesn't make it easy but i think a lot of people perceive the comfort of normalcy quote unquote or perceived normalcy to be more comfortable than allowing change to happen, even though you're creating your own resistance to that change that is natural. Mm. So we're basically out of alignment with nature when we're resisting change. And that often leads to, if we bring this back to your work with organizations, probably leads to the downturn that people experience or inability to move at the times when we look at uh, the current global situation for want of a better phrase some people are thriving i know people that are absolutely thriving i know my businesses are having my best year ever in my businesses across the board um made some transitions made some changes and sort of rolled with it and personally i think it's the glasses that we're wearing right the lens through which we're seeing the world if we're always seeing challenges or if we're just accepting and owning that this year it's this challenge, next year it's going to be another challenge. My ability to thrive comes from my ability to see those challenges as opportunities and to view everything through the lens of opportunity versus adversity. Oh my God, everything's going wrong. Ah. Those are the people that win, I think, anyway. No, I think you're totally right. Where do you think your strength of conviction and your strength of understanding of that belief in that lens comes from? Trained. <laughs> I trained in. <laughs> I trained it. I mean, I've been in personal development myself for about 20 years. I started my journey quite, quite young. And I've seen both sides of it. I've seen what happens when I'm a, a little punk and victim mode and what comes from that. And I've seen the other side, what happens when I like, okay, I'm the author and creative of my life. What do I do with this? And I suppose, you know, on the other side of it, my mission is getting more people to see things through that lens of, regardless of how much of the, how much of the scene you're ready to accept authorship of, you are the only aspect that is common in every single one. So logically, the place to start is with you. So self-work, self-development, and seeing that I don't necessarily have to believe that something's definitely going to happen. I just need to be open to the possibility of it. And with my limited perspective, I can't say that anything's impossible either. So that leaves me open to possibility. I love it. You are speaking mm. my language. <laughs> well, that's why we're besties now. Love it. Besties love now. it. I'm glad that we met. <laughs> Tell me something. What are some of the ways that you've seen um, this resistance to growth affect people that you've sought to support in your work? 
You know, I'm going to go personal first because I think that's easier to identify sometimes. Got you. More, more obvious. And it's yeah, also with you. Mm-hmm. Um, physical health. Mm-hmm. Huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think, from my own perspective, I haven't heard a lot of conversations recently, especially about self-neglect and how self-neglect from a physical perspective is in many people disguised as procrastination or disguised as... Um, I don't know, laziness or just not, just not wanting to just, just resistance generally. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, something that I realized within my own family at some points had been a habit and pattern that I had seen as I really got deep into the exploration of that was that self-neglect had been something from a spiritual, emotional, and physical perspective in the self-worth and, and or lack thereof that came as a result of that had been ingrained in our families. DNA, but really in their actions mm. as well for generations. Wow. And um, it manifested in cancers. It's manifested in um, different, even like high and low blood pressure. It's manifested in Alzheimer's and dementia. And I don't necessarily think that all of those um all of those diseases or all that physical disease is driven by spirituality. But I do know if you do not look after your mind, body, spirit collectively mm-hmm. and compound interest in so many ways is a very real thing. And I think mm-hmm. even though it's not being made a priority, something that I'm really concerned about is that that conversation isn't necessarily being had. Oh, and it's not God. If know, it was, not, if it wasn't, possible i didn't think it was possible to want to be your friend anymore than i did (laughs) (laughs) i literally did a post about this the other day um because a couple of a couple of people have come to me to share that they've been hiding about mental health challenges in the past month different varying degrees and um despite the fact that i openly talk about my own challenges with depression people somehow miss that newsflash right and I think that I did a post, I posted it on Twitter and then I reposted it to my Facebook about the fact that I'd love to see the consciousness, the conscious stroke woke community um, kind of being brought to task on the way that mental health is being addressed. I think it's the same with physical health in some pockets too. Um, I've seen people who have physical ailments who from a place of, and again, Neither of us are medical professionals. Unless, did you do a doctor's degree in this journey? So <laughs> we're not medical professionals, so, anyway. <laughs> so we're not we're not giving any advice. But you know, f- from anger, resentment, judgment of the mainstream medical industry, not allowing that to be a path that can, can contribute towards healing. Now we know the pharmaceutical industry. We know the side effects, which are just like direct effects often are, you know, and we know that they exploit people and we know that they, you know, push drugs on people because they're getting paid extra money and all this kind of stuff. And sometimes they rush stuff through and blah, blah, blah. But the pharmaceutical industry isn't the medical industry as a whole. And physical medicine can sometimes be the path to healing or at least part of it. I've seen one too many times people who have rejected any contribution to their healing journey from anything in the traditional world and just said, okay, you know, well, I've got something wrong with my colon. Let me go to do a past life regression or maybe sort your diet out, mate. Like go and see a doctor, <laughs> sort your diet out. Um, 
you know, people said about my depression, you know, oh, maybe you're an empath and you're carrying the weight of the world and that's making you feel low. Or maybe I've got hormonal imbalances and I just make sure I sleep enough, drink enough water and get enough sunlight. Like, <laughs> and I think um, this thing you're saying about making sure that all of the bases are covered, the mental, the emotional and the physical is so important. Another time we'll talk about my flow funnel, which actually directly speaks to that. But we exist on more than one level of density. We have all of these aspects of ourselves, And when those are on the same page, we get an outcome, whether that's healing or whether it's sickness. Yep. No, I think you are 100, 100, 100% right. And I couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, some of the ways that this disease or alignment or resist, lack of alignment or resistance or, or alignment itself shows up in businesses is very much the same way. I mean, mm-hmm. you're avoiding your numbers. Maybe yeah. you're not, you know, maybe I was one of those before. Yeah. Same. same <laughs> too, you know, maybe you're literally avoiding looking at your bank statements or your credit statements <laughs> because you don't want to know what's actually going on because it's easier to pretend like it's not happening than actually, yeah. well, who is this helping here? Yeah. Not you, and it's not your business, that's for sure. <laughs> wait, wait. Uh, it doesn't matter what's on my bank statement. I was in the field and I visualized and meditated and there's definitely a million dollars. I've got a check in the wall to prove it. <laughs> I wrote it to myself. <laughs> I wrote it to myself. Side by the universe, though. Side by the I'm universe. I'm going to cash it. <laughs> <laughs> I know it shows up in so many different ways. And a lot yeah. of things, um, what I found really interesting, because I've done my own personal development and my own kind of spiritual development and will continue on this path for my entire life. Of course. I haven't had any formal training in it. But what's been really, really interesting is a lot of the a lot of the insecurities and a lot of the um, resistance trickles Mm -hmm. into decisions that are made in basically from a place of lack and from a place of not having self-worth and not having the confidence to be able to follow through on Mm -hmm. setting big goals or on pursuing said goals or again, looking at those bank statements or really pursuing that marketing campaign to the best of your ability because you were afraid to be seen. Mm. I mean, there are a lot of different ways that that resistance can come into a business and really trickle in and hold you back from fulfilling that important mission. Mm-hmm. So what's been really cool about the operation that we've had is really identifying, okay, where are we actually at versus where you think <laughs> you are or where you want to be? Or where you're pretending to be. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> and again, I've been there. You know, mm-hmm. I think we all have to a certain extent because at some points you are just trying to run that marathon without training. You mm-hmm. know, I think that's kind of the story of entrepreneurship and you, you are just legally and also from a responsible space trying to see what you can get away with. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, once you're past a certain point, it becomes irresponsible to continue to play that game in that way. Mm. But there's also something to draw on the parallel again, going back to the running, but you were running, right? There are some people who are sitting down and imagining if they could make yeah. the marathon and then crying when they don't get the medal to say that they did it but I meditated 20 times and I, I, I got to the finish line with my medal now you have to run the marathon you almost train your legs like move those feet let's go yeah, yeah. You've, got move, you've got to move those feet definitely definitely, definitely. <laughs> what's um what's one of the most fun projects I'm not going to say the most but what's a fun project that you really worked on that really like really lit you up I'm so excited to show you this and I'm so glad that you asked that so um, you talked about flow state mm-hmm. I have never experienced it like I have before, um, other than this, which is the product of it. So, oh yes, I um, saw about this in the very I, when I read when I saw about that, I kind of I stopped because I was like, I, I need to I need to catch all of this organically. I'm so we're so, going to talk about Esme. 
I love it. So yeah, let's jump in. So I'm kind of assuming this will be some kind of audio rather than the video. So um, (laughs) (laughs) I just showed a picture of our first book. Emily just showed a copy of the Esme book to Daniel. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I was in the middle of Italy. I was there for about four weeks last summer. It's one of my favorite places in the entire world. Mine as well. I love it. Where where's your favorite spot? Tuscany. Okay, mine's Lake Como. All right, I've not so been to Como. Like, yeah, I've, I've never been, been to Como. Amazing. I've heard Tuscany's amazing. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in love. Definitely past life connection. I literally not to cut you, but I my last I go there a couple of times a year. Sometimes I didn't go this year. Off, not but, um, Not this year. <laughs> but I actually drove this year. Drove from um, from Florence up to Rome. So I actually went through a couple of different regions and literally felt the energy shift in my body when I left Tuscany moved into Umbria went to Perugia cool place energy wasn't there got into Roma yeah cool place didn't bother I didn't even go into Roma I just kind of chilled by the beach so yeah I definitely different energy yep no I have the exact same not the exact same but I have had my own experience very much like that Mm -hmm. so I was there for about four weeks had a tremendous experience was doing a lot of internal work and also at that point was really trying to figure out okay how are we going to structure this business like what are we going to do how is this going to look at this point I was doing it on my own and I had a few different consults that I was working on also who were helping me to be able to really structure this in a way that was responsible and also mission aligned um so I was leaning into that, but also just had this idea that kept visiting about a children's book series and it just would not go away. So from about February until June, I had just let this idea simmer. And anytime I would get an idea about it or anytime anything would visit, I would just write it down, just plop it somewhere. And I had this Google Doc that I was just chucking it in. So did that, um, ended up reaching out. I just felt this pull to continue to work on it. So Uh, met an illustrator through a mutual friend, very much similar way to how we met. Turns out she went to the same university that I did. What? By a year. So really interesting, cool synergy happening. Mm -hmm. Absolutely alignment, just synchronicity happening the entire time. So it turns out she was the right person because I was very, very specific about the kind of person that I knew we needed to be forming this team with as we were bringing this to fruition. So um, from June until July, we ended up working on the character development. And at this point, I hadn't written anything. I had an idea of what the first few books were going to be about, but had no idea. I, I had never written anything before. I had never published anything. Never, I, and I also was like, I don't have any kids. Am I actually qualified to do this? What is going on? And, but it, it was relentless and would not go away. And wow. I had... Um, a really amazing experience serving in the Miss America organization for about five years throughout my university experience and a little shortly thereafter, mm-hmm. through which I also realized that I love, absolutely love the energy of children and also had a few different traumatic experiences happen in my own childhood that I would love to speak to and bring light to through this series mm-hmm. in order to help be able to bring effective change and just plant seeds for effective change and effective healing for other kids as they're going through their own things, especially throughout times like these. So fast forward to August, I'm in the middle of Italy, one long lunch in the middle of Como. To this point, hadn't written anything, but just kind of felt it building. I wrote the first three books in one sitting. It just went. Yeah, literally, I have the notebook right just right past my computer. And I'm really 
kind of superstitious about like I only use a really specific pen and I only use this one specific notebook to write because it's it's a sacred practice to me mm. and um yeah, the whole time I've never been in such a flow state before this. I, I had never experienced anything like it. It was it was the epitome of ease and it was fun and it was joyful and it was beautiful. I remember how every bite of the food tasted. I remember exactly what everything looked like. I remember what the breeze felt like. I remember I had this thing when I was traveling that I would Shazam rather than doing souvenirs because I'm not a really materialish person. But rather than doing souvenirs, I would make playlists for myself because I knew that it would be really creatively stimulating to know in X country or X place, I was listening to this. And that could be really helpful as I was kind of bringing about this creative process because I just had this feeling that it wasn't going to be a lifelong opportunity for me to be able to do that in that way. To mm-hmm. And I, I mean, travel and explore the world in that way. So I wrote the first three books, ended up working with the illustrator. Her name's Erin. She's fabulous and hilarious. Um, and although we've never met in person, she's also a best friend. I mean, she's <laughs> fabulous. <laughs> I, I love it. It's amazing. We just so you ran all this remotely as well. The whole project is run remotely as well. And all of the client, I mean, all of the client base that we have is all fully remote. Um, our entire team, which is now we have eight people working for us, they are all fully remote. So that's been how we've been from the beginning of our existence, just because we don't, I mean, the needs of our clients and also the needs of our organization don't necessitate physical or geographical consistency necessarily mm. we need a good internet connection and we need to make sure that our team is growing and thriving and building and we need the again the basic fundamentals of what humans need um but no it's it's about having the right people on the right seats on on the bus so yeah that flow wow. I, and i frankly haven't experienced anything like it since not in that way and i don't know that i will but when it does happen, and I can feel it building again, which is how I know that we're almost ready to write the next set of three books. Mm-hmm. So kind of rewinding to this a little bit, we published the first book in December of 2019, the second in March, and the third in July. Mm-hmm. So it's been a very quick and also a very consistent project, which has been one of the joys of my life because I've written it under a pen name. And that in itself is just fun. <laughs> AKA. Yeah, yeah. I've got an AKA, bro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, totally incognito. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from the fact that we're talking about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which has been kind of interesting, too, because I would love, as much as I would love to keep myself a total secret, you know, and as much as I would love to completely be under the radar, I also know that right now, because the brand is so young and so infantile, and we're hoping to have such a big impact we need a human driver yeah i mean people get these kind of conversations you don't necessarily get a random cat illustration yeah you know (laughs) random cats could be cool yeah it could be really cute (laughs) i think it's very cute yeah that has been one of the biggest privileges of my life professionally Mm. because it has been all so aligned and also because it's a way to it's a different kind of way to leave a legacy Mm. and just I don't know, to be able to, again, show myself and show other people an example of what's possible. Mm. It's just been, it's been really thrilling and really, really cool. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. What's something that you would love to share with people listening as something to inspire them to, to be the change that they want to see in the world? Well, I think this is a bit cliche. 
But at the there end is, of the there day, is no cliche. There is no um, cliche. But sometimes there is. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to make you feel better, but if you don't want it, yeah. I'll take it back. <laughs> um, no, just that at the end of the day, your only limit is you. I think sometimes mm-hmm. we can really easily forget how much power we have through the choices that we make. Mm-hmm. And My language. Seriously, it's, it blows <laughs> my mind because at the end of the day, especially throughout, just looking back throughout my own life and throughout a lot of the organizations that we've worked with and just through the incredible experiences that I've been given, not all of them easy. Mm-hmm. Looking back, that choice is everything. I mean, that not only determines the perspective that you take, but also the next steps that you take in order to move forward in whatever direction you're choosing to go. So... When, when people say your only limit is you, or when people say the only, um, I don't know, your the only obstacles are the ones that you create, mm-hmm. I really firmly believe that. And those are not things that I take lightly. They're, they're easy. They're like quippy little things that are easy and kind of flippant to just throw around. But truly, you are your only limit. And... I, I, my, it's one of my biggest wishes for people, but also for myself to continue along that path, to continue to refine and get better. And that doesn't always mean a lot of times we find ourselves getting really hard on ourselves for not having everything all at once and for not, for not building Rome in a day. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we want things so quickly, but really it's one brick at a time and it's one moment at a time. And really, truly it's one decision at a time. And that is the power of choice. And my hope is that I've, no, I, I, I would love to believe that it's possible for everybody to do that. But I do think that right now, like you were saying earlier, there are people who are leaning into the leaning into the lens of abundance and there are those who are not. And mm-hmm. I think the difference in the polarity that we're seeing is becoming more apparent. And mm-hmm. it's my wish for everyone to be able to understand that they, despite any circumstance, and two, I also recognize with this with this statement, it is loaded with with privilege too. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just taking a moment to be grateful for all that you have will will get you one next step more on an aligned direction, which I mean, through those right next steps that you're taking and one brick higher that you're building, you are literally able to create the life of your dreams and it Mm -hmm. might not happen all at once. And there's no shame in it taking two years or 40 years or 20 years or anything. The only shame that you have is the shame that you allow to exist in your own life, which also is a choice. It's a choice. Yeah. So I think everybody, everybody listening to this, my audience is freaking the fudge out right now because you've literally, you've spoken about micro shifts was a big thing I talk about. You've spoken about alignment. You've just spoken about choice, which is like underpinning everything I talk about. So um, anyone who doesn't believe in synchronicity or who doesn't believe in miraculous alignment of people who have never spoken before, just being on the same page. How funny is this? (laughs) complete like same page it's a little bit freaky even for someone who does believe in miracles so (laughs) seriously no joke at all um how can people connect with you and your work and how can people find out more about your love for cats Sure. Um, so I actually didn't say the name of the businesses. So <laughs> no, you didn't. So we got the- <laughs> um, 
clearly professional here. No. <laughs> <laughs> totes, totes, oh, totes. I, um, oh yeah. <laughs> the name companies are. It's actually called the Cultivated Group. So all about mm-hmm. growth all the time. And I said we are very much social impact based, and that is expressed through everything that we do. So, mm-hmm. um, our website is thecultivatedgroup.co. Mm-hmm. All of our social is just at The Cultivated Group. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and LinkedIn. Uh, and there are really easy ways to get in touch on our website through contact forms and stuff like that. If you'd like to learn more about Esme the Curious Cat, it has been one of the joys of my life thus far, which, um, yeah, it's just been such a privilege. and would love to chat and connect with you further on that. Um, our website is EsmeTheCuriousCat.com. Mm-hmm. We are available for purchase if you're curious at um, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Walmart, as well mm-hmm. as independent bookstores by request. And our social is just at EsmeTheCuriousCat on Instagram and Facebook. Well, I am going to say, Mr. Duncan, when you're doing your magic, make sure we have all of these delicious links. Amy, if you're listening in, and even if you're not, please make sure that we are fully connected so that we can share more about cats and curiousness and <laughs> cultivation and growth and wondersomeness. Emily, I am absolutely fantabulously, wonderfully, juicily, deliciously happy at this connection. You. Is there anything you'd like to leave the listeners with before we uh, transcend into the next step of our lives today? <laughs> you know... I don't think so. I'm just grateful. I'm really grateful to be here. And I'm really grateful that your listeners are here. And I hope that they, I mean, I hope that you all are able to glean not only something good from, from our conversation about yourselves, but also empowering you to be the change that you wish to see in the world. I mean, I think that's something that we're all really able to do quickly and easily. And it might not be massive waves of change all at once, but truly it's just one decision at a time, which we have full control over. So I just want to encourage you to do that and appreciate you listening along. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys. You heard it here first. We'll say, um, please do make sure that you go ahead and follow Emily and Esme and the cultivated group on all socially deliciousness. If you found this to be wonderful, which you should do if you're human, uh, make sure you share, subscribe. Would love to get a review or rating because that's yummy also. And can't wait to touch base with you guys on the next episode of Do It With Dan. Until then, keep dreaming with your eyes open. And remember, you can consciously choose a more abundant, joyful, purpose-driven life. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Do It With Dan with your host, Daniel McGenna. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit dmpotv.com. We'll catch you on the next episode of Do It With Dan. Dan.